0: Last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it
1: all happens here. Today FM. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It's Ian Guider in for Matt today. It's Wednesday, so it's Culture Club time, and our newest member is Patrick. Dexter, Patrick, as many of you will know, shot to fame globally in 2020 as videos of him playing the cello outside his cottage in Mayo went viral during the COVID-19 pandemic. He's racked up millions of views on Twitter and also TikTok. He's released his first album called Solace and even played virtually for US President Joe Biden on Patrick's Day in 2021. Patrick Dexter, you're very welcome to the Culture Club. Hey, it's wonderful to be with you. Thanks for inviting me on. Delighted to have you. Patrick, I'm just wondering, you, you, you're famous for playing outside in your cottage in Mayo, but you're not actually from Mayo. You actually spent most of your life in Dublin.
2: No, I'm a Dubliner. Yes, I'm a Dubliner. I'm still, you can't uh, take the Dubliner out of the person. You can take the person out of Dublin. But uh, no, I'm uh, recognizably a Dubliner, although I spent many years abroad before I settled here in the West.
1: How long have you been down in Mayo?
2: So I've been here now, this will be my sixth, turning seventh year, yeah.
1: It's amazing that you are probably the most famous person in Mayo, I'd say, right now. Or is your house more famous or is your dog more famous? I think my dog
2: trumps us all, it seems to be the case, wherever I go. And... uh if the dog is with me, the dog gets spotted first. So, <laughs> Just tell yeah.
1: people when you decided in 2020 to start filming these videos. Tell people, our listeners, about what you were looking to do and the reaction since. Well, I was doing what I really love to do,
2: what, what I've always kind of loved to do since I've moved out here, which is to play music and especially outside when the weather's nice. Uh, the only difference that came was um, that I started doing it with my phone or with a camera in front of me. And that really just made a quite a shocking difference, really. It ch- changed it from being, you know, my, my partner and a couple of sheep listening to me uh, to um, millions of people around the world. Quite a shift.
1: Have you ever been able to get to the bottom as to why your videos above anyone else or whatever people were doing during during lockdown became so famous and got all of those views? It was something of a moment. Um if we can all cast our minds back to
2: what it was like that spring of 2020, when it all sort of kicked off in the pandemic and nobody knew what was what was going on none of us knew what to do with all this time at home as well anyway uh I, there was something about that moment that um where i found myself which was you know work at all stopped i'd been i'd been a teacher and we were at home and uh filling my days with music and there was something about where i was doing it which as i say was just a sort of everyday occurrence for me being out Um, in in the West of Ireland, out in beautiful nature. But there's something about that that really resonated with people around the world, as well as um, the sound of the cello. You know, a lot of people latched onto it who don't generally listen to the cello, classical music, instrumental music at all. You know, they were people who prefer, usually listen to a singer sing songs. And suddenly the big interest came to to latch onto the sound of the cello in this uh, setting of um, beautiful West of Ireland. There was something about everyone being at home, COVID, the uncertainty, especially Irish people around the world who couldn't travel home to see friends and family that really got the attention of everybody. But I, I can't tell you exactly what what the core thing is. I'm, I'm trying to work it out uh, ever since, but um, it's definitely something to do with that mix of. The way the cello can convey emotion in a kind of universal way that's sort of beyond language and as well as that, the, the immediate visceral impact of the wild uh, landscape here in the West.
1: And you truly have gone global. You've appeared on the BBC, Sky, CNN. You've, as I said, you've played for President Joe Biden. You're heading off to Brazil for Patrick's Day next week that's what's happening yes the
2: day after tomorrow 6 a.m it's it's crazy to think i'm going for um, a big tour 10 days over in brazil i'm going over with the um the consulate over there. I'll be over there with um, government ministers. It's going to be, yeah, just <laughs> very different to playing to the few sheep out here in Mayo. I can tell you that.
1: We'll get on to all of your musical picks, your books, your films, all the things that have, have inspired you throughout life in just a moment. But you've also got a new collection of music coming out called Cold Atlantic Blue Air. Tell us about it a little bit.
2: So this was um, a recording that came together over winter and um, I'd recorded my very first album last spring, which came out. And uh, it was a reflection of all that music that I'd been playing outside over lockdown. And we recorded it in a very live way. And it was springtime. So the sounds of the birds, the sounds of the um, nature, the breeze, the, you could really feel that time of year um, in the recording. And um, we included all those nature sounds in. To make this um special kind of audio live performance but well, that was the album Sullus last year and uh what we did this time was i wanted to record i wanted to share what it was like inside my cottage at winter where a lot of my musical ideas come together so um i recorded inside the cottage and at the winter here the storms are wild so there was no getting away from the sound of the wind and the rain beating on the cottage. So all that kind of mixed into the sound of the cello. And I also had the opportunity to work with an incredible harpist um, now working in Dublin, but from nearby here in Mayo, Alana Thornberg. And she added um, really gorgeous textures to make um, a, a collection of these songs that were inspired by yeah that winter time in uh, the West here and, and how it's so overshadowed in terms of the soundscape of being here by the the wildness of the Atlantic Ocean so that's a big um, feature in the in the music
1: Well let's have a listen. your music Patrick but let's get on to some of the things you've listened to over the years and let's start off the Culture Club well, here we go. with the first okay. single you ever bought.
2: <laughs> oh let's see it's kind of oh I wish, I wish it wasn't so embarrassing you, you you could um I suppose when you're asked these things uh it would be nice to have some really cool prepared answer that made you seem like you were really hip back when you were a kid and you were really in the know of what was cool but that just wasn't me.
1: So your first single is Destiny's Child. Tell us about it.
2: It was. So, yeah, again. um, So this was when I was a kid, CDs were the big thing. It's hard to think of it now, but everything was was CDs. And CDs were extortionately expensive. Uh, If anyone remembers, you know, you'd save quite a lot of money to get. They were something like 25 euro for a new album. Um, Which is just crazy to think uh, what we pay for music now. But anyway, you were at the mercy of whatever music you could get your hands uh, on. So I never really had enough saved up to buy any CDs. So I'd get whatever I could for my older sisters. Um, so I had a collection of all sorts of, um, you know, it was like Kylie Minogue and ABBA and this kind of um, pop music that's maybe um, not what you'd imagine, um, a little... But uh,
1: Destiny's Child, yeah, record breaking in their own sense. And of course, you know, still Beyonce, Beyonce is still around. Well, this was it. So uh,
2: me and I had a friend um, and he, Chris, he he gave me this CD for my birthday. And uh, I remember just uh, it being my own CD. So it wasn't inherited from my, my sisters for once. And we listened to it over and over again. And uh, it had that whole added thing that we were far too young to watch this movie, Charlie's Angels, which it was attached to. But we'd seen clips of it, uh, ads and TV and stuff like that. And we thought that this was so cool that we were getting to listen to this. Music. But um, yeah, that was the very beginning of sort of Beyonce, and she went on to just take the world.
1: I mean, she's the most famous musician possibly of all time. Well, let's have a listen to Independent Women from Destiny's Child.
0: Question.
1: I'm not too sure too many last word listeners, Patrick, were expecting Destiny's Child at this hour of the day. But let's move on to some of the albums that were the ones in your youth that you really, really enjoyed. And I think this one for a lot of people out there and even myself, I, lo- I do love The frame. So you've picked The Frames as your album.
2: Yeah, I moved on from Destiny's Child. It's funny, I haven't heard that in so long. It really uh, brings back a lot of memories. And I didn't realise at the time that there's like strings in the background there. There's there's violins and things that are used for, for texture. And uh, I think a string quartet or an orchestra is sampled. But anyway, this was something that drew me to the frames because they were using, they were a rock band and they were obviously so uh, personal growing up in Dublin because they just felt like they were so local. And even though I was too young to go see them, you know, my sisters had seen them and loads of people I knew had seen them. And they talked about these incredible uh, live shows that they were famous for. And uh, they weaved in string music. You know, their their violin player, um, Colin MacIomere, was just amazing at putting um, strings with pop and rock music and making it so, just not cheesy at all, just so beautiful and accessible, but so intimate and impactful. And yeah, yeah, it's just, blew me away when, when I'd hear these these CDs again inherited from my, my older sisters uh, but I listened to them to death Yeah,
1: I've seen The Frames many many times when I was a student going to Whelan's midweek several several years ago well let's have a listen to this is Lay Me Down by The Frames from their album For The Birds
3: Explain the way I'm thinking now I I will return to you What I have taken long before I, I will return again When it gets dark and day Hallow
1: It. and the frames lay me down. Patrick, let's move on to your favorite band. So, it's a hard.
2: That's a, like such a hard question, isn't it? Um, you know, uh there's so many different parts about a band that that make it brilliant and uh they all have to add up to be for it to be your favorite and it's very hard to think of a a perfect band. Even the perfect bands maybe not, they're not the right one. But um I'd have to say uh Two brothers from Scotland, um, I'm from a big musical fan myself and I play music with my brother, we're very close and uh, the, these two brothers that everyone will know as Boards of Canada uh, make this um, strange electronic music that just takes pieces of nostalgia and old sounds and makes something very interesting and beautiful uh, re- Reimagines them and puts them out in in, in this sort of um, very hypnotic and uh, it just puts you in a, a deep memory state. I feel uh, this music. So um, yeah, it's definitely I think up there near the top of my favourites of yeah, all time. Well,
1: let's have a listen to Peacock's Tale from Boards of Canada. No cello in that, Patrick. There is no cello.
2: But the (laughs) thing is that one of the great things about Boards of Canada, it's a big mystery as to what is in there. Um, People, there's big uh, networks and forms of people online trying to work out. What are those sounds that we're hearing? There's something kind of familiar but otherworldly about it. And even though you would say that sounds nothing like uh, cello music that I make, um, I, I take big inspiration from that idea that you take something familiar and you sort of um, go somewhere quite strange with it. And uh, it's this sense of uh, deeply familiar, but you've no idea how, what even is it?
1: Let's bring up your final, final musical choice. And it's the best gig you were at.
2: Yeah, okay. This one becomes easier since after COVID and missing out on gigs for so many years. You can sort of, I, I did find, I had conversations with friends, I think over the years when we missed out of picking out our best friend and this one floats to the top i mean it helps maybe that it was my first ever festival i went to and all the messiness that was involved in that and it was oxygen 2006 it was a blast from the past were you there ian this is the question
1: Uh, i'd rather not say
2: (laughs) (laughs) well um i was yeah i i I just had never seen anything like it i saw sigur ross um the icelandic band who were Huge force um, when I was growing up. They were just showing you that you can do something completely different with pop and rock music, with band music. You can, you there's no, there's nothing wrong with leaning into the intense emotion that you can, you can, you can give um, in a live show. And I just was completely blown away when I saw them. What it was was, I'd always associated. I mean, many people maybe do as well. That exciting music is fast music, that you need that rhythm, you need that tempo to add a live show, to get your get your heart up, to get you feeling like you're, you're really um, feeling so blown away by things. But they, we saw them and they were playing music so slow, I couldn't believe it. Yet every single listener was just completely gripped and com- so pumped up as if they were listening to something really fast. It well, was, we don't uh, it have them
1: from Oxygen, but we do have them from Reykjavik. Oh so nice Seeger Ross, sadly not from your favourite gig Oxygen, but from Reykjavik. Patrick Dexter is our Culture Club inductee this week. Stay with us, we'll be getting his movie, book and TV picks. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It's Culture Club time and Patrick Dexter is with us. Patrick, we've gone through your music choices. Let's get on to your film, book and TV choices. And your film choice, actually, something very recent
2: yeah so i just i only just saw this recently but it completely blew me away and i thought i'd love to chat about it so why not yeah the banshees of been i just thought uh i think i've had so many conversations with people recently where they weren't sure about the movie and it's made me more passionate about how how be- brilliant it was and especially how how beautiful it was i don't think anything else has depicted what it really looks like here in the west it was filmed a lot of it was filmed down the road from where i live and uh, have a lot of friends who are involved in the production. Did
1: you see and Colin Farrell or, or, or Brendan Gleeson out?
2: I have friends who sent me a lot of selfies of them in the pub with Brendan Gleeson. I didn't, I never saw them out and about uh, myself. Unfortunately, I, I'm not, I'm not one for the pubs. I have a young, young child. So that kept me away. But uh, no, I heard they were around and uh, I certainly
1: know a good few people
4: who are hanging out with them.
1: Let's have a listen to Banshees of Inishirin.
4: Do you know what you used to be? No, Porrick, what did I used to be? Nice! You used to be nice! Didn't you not? And now, do you know what you are? Not nice. Ah, oh, well. I suppose niceness doesn't last then, does it, Porrick? But will I tell you something that does last? What? And don't say something stupid like music. Music lasts. Knew it! And paintings last. And poetry lasts. So does niceness. Do you know who we remember for how nice they was in the 17th century? Who? Absolutely no one. Yet we all remember the music of the time. Everyone to a man knows Mozart's name. I don't, so there goes that theory. And anyway, we're talking about niceness. Not what's his name. My mummy, she was nice. I remember her, and my daddy, he was nice, I remember him, and my sister, she's nice. I'll remember her, forever, I'll remember her. And who else will? Who else will what? Remember Siobhan, and your niceness. No one will. In 50 years time, no one will remember any of us. Yet the music of a man who lived two centuries ago. Yet, she says, like he's English. I don't give a feck about Mozart, or Borvalvin, or any of them funny name feckers. I'm Parik Sullivan. And I'm nice. So you'd rather be friends with this fellow, would you? Fella who beats his own son black and blue every night that he's not fiddling with him.
3: I never told him that, that he's, he's
4: just drunk now. You used to be nice, or did you never used to be? Oh God, maybe you never used to be.
1: That is, of course, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson in Banshees of Inisheer. Patrick, do they still make characters like that down in the West of Ireland?
2: Oh, there's a question. I don't. I gosh, I can't answer that as a Dubliner living in the West of Ireland. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> ask 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 someone a bit more local than me to give you an
1: honest answer. Let's move on to your favourite musical. Tell us about this one.
2: So, my favourite musical.
1: Ah, yes. Well,
2: uh, when I was in school, this was one that we did, um, Les Miserables, or as we called it, Les Mis in school. And I played the part of Thernardier, who is the, the innkeeper, who's kind of a... Um, he's kind of a baddie, I guess, in, in some ways... Um, the the only like fully evil character that never turns around anyway it's the music of this was like no nothing else i'd ever seen i got to go with school to go see it in in the west end in london and just the the pure emotion of it was was really deep and um the my good friend Rhiannon who played uh my wife in that uh thernardi's wife in in that production in school has um since passed away and it just whenever i hear any of these songs it really brings me back to such happy times with her and uh makes me think of of rihanna so uh it's definitely definitely my my favorite and the musical that that really touches my my soul
1: well let's have a listen to colin Wil colin wilkinson who's playing jean valjean in les mis singing bring him home I okay. memories for you for you Patrick yeah no it
2: uh, definitely does I can't um, can't hear that without sort of being being brought back to some very happy times but also some some difficult times too
1: let's move on to your favourite book and you've picked a a sci-fi choice I think I'd call it
2: it is uh, I um I guess I'm a big sci-fi fan but actually 99% of it I don't like so that's it's hard to call me a sci-fi fan but the, the 1% that I've read that I like I'm absolutely crazy about, and in particular, it's the um, oddball, um, funny but re- incredibly insightful um, stories of Philip K. Dick that uh, that really that I love so much.
1: And your choice is: Do androids dream of electric sheep? Which we better off known to most of us as the movie Blade Runner and the more recent sequels to it.
2: Yeah, so it became Blade Runner, um, but the book is funny enough. It's kind of it's a short. Uh, novella and uh, it is a comedy really it's 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 like a lot of his stuff it's set in um a, f- a future time and there's all the the usual tropes you'd imagine um technology ai these kind of things i mean stuff that's starting to become a bit more are present now at the moment but um the thing that's different about philip k dick is he is always making fun of it in a way like, you'd have this advanced technology, like, for instance, um, you have these uh, advanced robots, um, and you, the thing is, they will never work properly. They will always uh, fall apart, and they will get lost uh, dreaming about um, sheep, in this case, and they will uh, you'll have some fancy um, system for your home that scans your eyes to let you in but of course if you're too hungover it won't let you in because your eyes are all bloodshot and all sorts of uh, funny things like that basically it's 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 looking at technology as it really is which is it can be very advanced but it rarely works properly does it
1: now let's get a little bit of a listen to this this is a reading from do androids dream of electric sheep
5: my schedule for today lists a six hour self-accusatory depression Aaron said what why did you schedule that it defeated the whole purpose of the mood organ. I didn't even know you could set it for that," he said gloomily. "I was sitting here one afternoon," Erin said. "Naturally, I had turned on Buster Friendly and his friendly friends, and he was talking about a big news item he's about to break. And then that awful commercial came on—the one I hate, you know, for Mountebank led codpieces." And so for a minute, I shut off the sound. And I heard the building. This building. I heard the— She gestured. Empty apartments, Rick said. Sometimes he heard them at night when he was supposed to be asleep. And yet, for this day and age, a one-half-occupied conapt building rated high in the scheme of population density— Out in what had been before the war, the suburbs, one could find buildings entirely empty. Or so he had heard. He had let the information remain second-hand. Like most people, he did not care to experience it directly.
1: And that is Patrick Dexter's book choice. Do Androids dream of electric sheep? Let's move on to your TV picks. And you've moved to something more modern as well. So both of the both of these I am particularly fans of. And you've liked the likes of The Mandalorian, Chernobyl. Lots of really good TV in the last couple of years. There is. So, yeah, TV's good now. That's the difference.
2: <laughs> when uh, we were kids, uh, TV was terrible. But yeah, The Mandalorian. Um, I just watched the first episode there of The Mandalorian. Uh, the new series, I love, the and atmosphere. it is fantastic. Yeah, it's just it's just set such a good uh, mood. The music is fantastic, and um, yeah, it just uh, sets your imagination. It sort of dips into all the the bits of Star Wars and sci-fi that I like, without including any of the the boring bits.
1: Yeah, let's get a little little, little listen to season two of The Mandalorian, and this is where Mando and the child, or Grogu as we know he's called now, meet Luke Skywalker.
3: Are you a Jedi? I am. Come, little one. He doesn't want to go with you.
2: He wants your permission. He is strong
4: with the Force. Without training is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child, but he will not be safe until he masters his abilities.
3: He go on. That's who you belong with. He's one of your kind. I'll see you again. I promise.
1: I think we've just ruined season two for anybody who hasn't seen The Mandalorian. I think Patrick, you have.
2: yeah, <laughs> that is a particularly uh, touching moment. But uh, yeah, a few spoilers there. You should have given an alert. Just um, on
1: just on your TV picks. Do you find yourself in recent years given the demands on your time as TV, good to get away from having to develop your own music and do all of these videos. Well, unfortunately, I don't watch nearly any TV
2: now, um, especially because I have a, a a young child now um, for the first time. So uh, TV is kind of off the... Recently, there's been a few things creeping in like Teletubbies and Bluey in the name <laughs> of my, my two-year-old daughter. Um, but no, uh, it was definitely a big part of lockdown, though, because, um, yeah, my 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 wife was uh, pregnant and, and, and after the birth and everything, you spent a lot of time at home, you know, time in bed, time just... Uh, relaxing and recuperating and uh, we filled it with a lot of TV nothing too heavy I don't think like what I mentioned there but I know I remember we watched I think the whole of the American office which was quite an experience. But no, I haven't got to binge on TV like
1: that for a long time. I don't know when I ever,
2: will I ever be able to again there?
1: (laughs) I'm sure you'll catch up with season three of The Mandalorian at some point. Uh, We're coming to an end, Patrick, but we always ask our members of the Culture Club to pick their buried treasure. It could be absolutely anything. It could be a song, an album, a film, a gig, a poem. What's yours?
2: Well, what I picked out for this, um, I guess I wanted to make sure it wasn't something that... uh, it was something that I never knew about myself so I wanted to make sure that it was was something new for people but it's really magic it's this um this French movie called Tous les Matins du Monde um All the Mornings of the World and uh in particular the soundtrack to it um I mean it changed my life when I heard it it was it's this beautiful French music from the, the 18th century so uh much like Brendan Gleeson in the uh Banshees of and um I I'm a, a big fan of, of music from that era and uh it's a really beautiful story of a, of a musician. I mean, this might sound familiar, but he plays um, alone in his in the countryside in France and people come to listen to him to hear and he becomes known all over the world. He plays, the cello wasn't invented in those days, so he plays an earlier instrument, the viola da gamba. And it's got some of the most beautiful and intimate performances of music in any movie that I've ever seen. So if you're someone who likes music, um, Mu- uh, music movies uh, Tous les matins du monde All the mornings of the world is something that I think I think you'll love
1: Well Patrick Dexter thank you very much for going through all of your musical TV book and film choices they have been fascinating and I know your videos have been enjoyed by millions of people around the world over a very difficult time so best of luck with all the performances coming up and thank you very much for being our latest member of the Culture Club The Last Word with Matt Cooper
0: Weekdays from four 4.30 TODAY